Welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Flux. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the imperious Matt. Hello there. You got it right this week. I didn't have to butt in and correct you. Yes, well, you know, practice makes perfect. Yep, yep. How you doing? Everything okay? Yep, yep. Little Zorbs has uh, just uh, nodded off. For the uh, for the night, um, on a Monday night, so uh, yeah, sexy you know. recording tonight. You know I love my Monday nights. Yes, yeah, sexiest of course... night of the week. <laughs> yeah, uh, certainly is. Um, I mean, you of course you've got the week off work. Uh, two being, two um, weeks, two weeks. Yes, well, quite yeah. You know, work shy. So I, I don't like are. to be a braggart, but I've got two weeks off work. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, I've got to be up extra early tomorrow so I can uh, get a train to take me to a bus and a bus to take me to an office so I can sit for eight hours doing exactly the same thing that I could be doing at home. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. That hardly seems um, fair, doesn't it? I mean, mine's for religious observation for a religion I don't really follow, so <laughs> good, isn't it? Yeah. But hey-ho... Um, you know, mustn't grumble. Uh, but but yeah, if we can keep things pacey tonight, Matt, that would be yeah. Lovely. Well, the good news is that that won't be a problem. I made myself a coffee because uh, yeah. because it, it's relatively late. Uh, so mm-hmm. I made one in the cafetiere or the French press for our American listeners, and yes, it's so strong, David. I can feel it in my eyeballs. I feel like I've done cocaine. <laughs> Wait, took like the first sip, and I was like. Yeah. That's the good <laughs> shit. <laughs> nice to know you're looking after yourself. Yeah. Mate. Yeah. If Scarface was centered around like Yorkshire coffee shops, that'd be me. And I'd say say hello to my little friend and it'd just be a tiny little flat white. Alrighty then. So, where do you want to begin this week, Matt? Uh, uh, we, of course, have uh, three regular features at this stage. What's, what's the third one? We've got A to Z. We've got the news. Yeah, yeah, and we've got uh, a little Zorb's joke of the week. Oh, is that is that staying? It, it seems to be good. Good. I like do you, that. Do you want to do you want to know this week's? Please get it out hit, of the way? hit me with it whilst I'm on a high. Um. Let me see if I... I don't want to butcher this. It's important I get it right. Um, right, Matt. Uh, why did the horse cross the road? Why did the horse? So it's a twist on the old chicken. Um, yeah. Was it to yeah. go see his neighbour? No, no. You As always, you're, you're crediting my son with far too right. much... Right, it, it, uh, it's going to be something like... Um, I don't know. The sky... <laughs> he, he he often goes for the abstract, doesn't he? He does. Uh, in this case, it's not. Qu- it's a little more grounded. It's because a car was coming. Oh, well, the horse chose to cross when he knew the car was coming. Yes, taking his yeah. life in his hands. Yes, clearly we need to brush up on the highway code. Yeah, well, wow. <laughs> you know, I've got a bonus one for you as well. In oh, case come you, on, you, let's keep. It I going. don't think I don't think I did this one last week. Um, why did the stick man read a book? Um, I don't know. No. Oh, just no. Just no. The punchline for that is just no. No. Wow. <laughs> like he absolutely subverts the genre. Like he I does. think he could be the he next does. big thing in stand-up comedy. 
he could. You never know. Wow. So that, yeah, that one's keep, a thinker. Uh, yeah. Well, so well, you know, I, this may not last the year. This feature, but certainly he's coming out with at least a couple of fresh ones every week. So uh, I'll try and keep keep a note of them. Um, shall we do A to Z? Because if anything's gonna get us bogged down this week, it's gonna be um, A to Z, isn't it? Because let's be honest. There's there's a lot of M's to get through. Yeah, but I think a lot of them are classics. I think you'll be doing the heavy lifting this week. It's possible. Right. Would you like to rate some episodes, David? Sure. Let's go for it. We start with Midnight. Yes. Uh, classic. Masterpiece of an episode. Moving on. Do you know what? Do you know what? One one of my friends this week basically told me that they discovered our pod and were giving it a little right. listen, and uh-huh. they they'd gone back and listened to our it must have been like series four wrap up, right? Because their favourite doctor was David Tennant and they wanted to see what we thought, and like I, I stand by what I said there. Just midnight's now special. Like I went back and listened to that episode. And we were having the same conversation we're having now, David, some three years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's obviously it's a hill you are prepared to die on. I just but... I just don't get it. Evidently. Yeah. <laughs> what did your friend? Is your friend a midnight fan then? Uh, I didn't ask because I didn't want to, you know, mm. berate them if they were. Yeah. It is a wild opinion you've got there, Matt. It's not. (laughs) Shall we move on? Yeah. Let's talk about The Magician's Apprentice. Um, yeah, good. Bit all over the place. Mm. It's one of those flabby Moffat episodes. Yeah. Yeah, like, I remember coming away thinking, overall, it was pretty good. But like, yeah. with hindsight, I couldn't tell you which bits stand out as being great. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's mostly Missy. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Do you want some aliens? That that's it sure. for new Who episodes. There's only two that start with yeah, them. Not a lot. Not a lot. There's definitely a few more classics that we'll we'll mention in due course. <laughs> uh, hit me with some aliens. Right. One I haven't seen, but I've heard you talk about. We've got the Macra. Ah, uh, yes. You have seen the Macromat. Yeah. Um, but you've only seen them in rather uh, underpowered form uh, in That's Gridlock. right. That's right. I have seen them. What about the Minotaur yeah. from that one episode I can never remember? God oh, Complex. Uh, the God Complex. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Every time we mention God Complex, I'm like, what? what is it? And it's this one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about the Monks? Uh, yes, yeah. Wasted potential. Yeah. Isn't it weird that, that that's a trilogy of episodes? And, like, it should... If it's called the Monk Trilogy, it's almost built up as, like, it it should be quite good, and it just isn't, is it, really? It's not, it's not as good as it could have been, for sure. No. No. Uh, what about the Mavellans? I don't think I know Oh, them. yeah. Love a, Ma- love a Mavellan. Uh, what about Mentor? Don't think I've seen that either. 
Um, no, no, you won't have. Uh, Vengeance on Varos, which was which was a contender for our um, sixth Doctor story, mm-hmm. but we went with uh, we, we took a bit of a curveball and, and went with um, Mark of the Rani instead. I'm glad we did. I liked Mark of the Rani. Yeah, I've had time to think about it. it. I love that version of the Master, and I like the Rani. I, I'll yeah, I'll settle and for that. I think. You, I think you you are a bit of turning into a bit of a Colin Baker fan as well, but from what I can the, tell, yeah, yeah, the two co- like there's only McCoy left to go. Then we've seen two stories from every Doctor, haven't we? Yeah, and I'd, minimum. I'd say Baker's the best so far. No, I, no, I like Pertwee. Yeah, did, yeah. Did you know? You know Mark from All in Time and Space podcast. I know him. Yes. Yeah, doesn't like John Pertwee. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's wild. I'm still, I'm still on their Hartnell era. Like, have I, they got to Pertwee yet on there? Well, I don't know if it's like a running joke, but quite often when there's like messages going around because we've got a secret uh, Doctor Who podcast like text group, and Mark, Mark is not a fan. That's that's really taken me by surprise. Mm. Yeah. Um, what about some companions for you, David? Before we move on to them, can we? Can I? Can I mop up the rest of the? Um, there's a couple of well, it monsters. Sounds and, like and you're going to anyway. Things. I mean, it's polite of you um, to ask, but kind of steamrolls <laughs> me there. It's fine. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. You got the Mara. I think uh, we definitely have to acknowledge the Mara. Um, a um, villain that appears in in two um, Fifth Doctor stories and is is I think quite an interesting one. Quite sort of psychological in nature um you've got the monoptra uh, who uh feature in the web planet and oh gosh i really want to watch the web planet with you at some point i think that might be my next hartnell pick just to confound all all the people who understandably hate the web planet (laughs) (laughs) because i just i have such a soft spot for it um and not the monks but what about the monk singular? Yeah, I've heard you mention him. Meddling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I love me a renegade time, Lord. And the thing that's special about the monk is that they're, they're a little more comedic in tone. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not as, they're not evil or, you know, mercilessly amoral the way the Rani is they're more just they're just like dicking about (laughs) and and they don't really think about the consequences of their dicking about and that's again it it provides such an interesting counterpoint to to the doctor like just imagine the doctor but without any scruples or any any ability to 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 think about the consequences of their actions. Yeah, I'd love it. Um, yeah, and uh, famously originally portrayed by uh, Peter Butterworth from the Carry On films. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, no, I love the monk. Yeah, yeah. It's good, a good yeah. article recently in uh, this this month's issue of uh, Doctor Who uh, magazine, which was uh, looking at because of. It, Big Finish have have ended up casting three of their own versions of the monk. Do you, um, do you know what I I think? How 
I, yeah. I, I thought about this the other day when I was in Tesco's because I stood and yeah. stared at it. I think when we finished the A to Z of Doctor Who, uh, yeah. in line with the news, I'm going to do a breakdown of Doctor Who magazine. I'm just going to like read it and just point out the bits that are good and the bits that are crap. Ah, oh, I'd be fascinated to get your like, opinion I'm, on I'm the I'm weirdly intrigued by it. It's something that like I've never dabbled with, but it, yeah. it's like as thick as an Argos catalogue, and and it always seems to have you know plenty of stories and stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That is a line I'm unsure I'm willing to cross, though, David. <laughs> I would be fascinated. I would be fascinated. Um, but that's the thing. It's like. That they they manage to fill it every month. Yeah. What you know? What are they filling it with, Matt? I, exactly. I I think it might be like the books of Saxon. Those books that brought the master back. <laughs> the I'm gonna read it and gain superpowers to jump really high. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Companions. Right. You've got Mike Yates. Sorry, one second. I just need to rescue my cat. Knew that would happen. She insisted, just before I sat down to record, she insisted that she needed to go out. So I had to open the door for her. Lo and behold, 15 minutes later, um, she gets herself in a scrub. Right, okay, where what, were we? What, what do you make of Mike Yates? Oh, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he's my favourite of the... The sort of quote unquote unit family, but he's an important part of it. You know, he's one of the things that makes that period of the show what it is. Uh, what about Mel Bush? Not, not a massive fan, it must be said. Wow. Um, she doesn't rank very highly for me in terms of uh, classic companions. Right. That's no slight on Bonnie Langford. I think they didn't... There isn't... There's not a lot of thought put into her character. <laughs> right, well, we'll move through this next one quickly. It's Mickey Smith. Mm -hmm. uh, what about actors, yep. David? I've got some actors to throw at you. Yeah, go for it. What about Katie Manning? Ah, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Unimpeachable. The, the fandom seems to absolutely love her. She just yeah. seems to love reason. them as well. She seems a good egg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she absolutely is. Uh, what about Ian Martyr, who plays someone um, I forgot to write down who? Harry Sullivan. Okay. And, again, you've not seen Harry yet. Um, yeah, he's yeah, he's good. I think the thing that I find most interesting about him is after he'd done his stint on, um, uh, on Doctor Who... He went on to write some of the Target novelizations, Like, he wasn't a writer on the show, but he was just like, oh, yeah, you need someone to bash out a few Doctor Who novels? I'll give it a go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I always find that kind of interesting. And then I think quite a seminal actor, one that we haven't mentioned enough, really, based on their performance. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got Kylie Minogue. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean... What a legacy! Yeah, she has left. Yeah, what what an indelible mark on the show. And then we're moving into my top three picks here, David. Okay. Um, in third place, I've gone for McCoy. Mm -hmm. Sylvester McCoy. 
I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing more of him. I quite liked his silly bumbling. No, well, at the time I didn't. I, when we watched, no, it, that's the thing I was going to hmm. say. You you weren't you weren't sold on it at the time. No, but I think now I kind of get it. I think I prefer yeah. Sylvester McCoy to his incarnation of the Doctor. He's a charming yeah. man, isn't he? He is absolutely. Mm. I mean, they all are in their own ways. Yeah, except Trogan. Um, <laughs> now, number two, I've gone for movie. The Doctor Who yeah. movie. My introduction to Doctor Who, and what what a starting plot, like mm. you know. Yeah, it's so it's, it much really... good, but so much bad. <laughs> yeah, it's what, what a fantastic jumping on point for new viewers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember finishing that, going, "That is great! I can't wait to see more." And then just you know. and sadly wasn't to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm but certain you can guess game. what my number one pick's going to be, David. I mean, I think you're very much crediting my my uh, brain power being well above what it actually I'm, is. I'm going for the master. Right. Yeah. And, and just to clarify, because we we got a, a tweet this week, David, from those cockamamie sons of bitches over at the Who Can Convince You podcast, saying yes. that they like the master, but they like the master from that one we watched with Carcass. Where it's not really the master. <laughs> it's it's just someone else referred to as the master. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I've got a bone to pick with those boys over at Who Can Convince You. Did you yes. did you know on their pod, every time I tweet them or send them a message, before they read it out, they start yawning to take the piss because they don't think <laughs> they don't think my opinions on Doctor Who are valid. <laughs> I, Rightly so. I, I was listening today and they they guested on the Cloister Bell pod. Uh-huh. And I was listening, and, like, Rob from the Cloister went, oh, we've got a message from Matt. And Harry and Luke just both like went, oh. And I was like, why do they always do that? And then they just explained it. And it hurts my feelings. <laughs> oh, they've, they've instantly gone up in my estimation. <laughs> So from now on, I'm going to refer to them as a pair of cockamamie sons of bitches. Excellent. Um, Alrighty then, Uh, shall we round things out with uh, a few writers? Uh, I guess we're going to anyway, so yeah. Okay, I'm going to rattle through this list because there is a lot. So we've got Tom McRae, uh, Lewis Marks, uh, Dave Martin, Philip Martin, Jamie Matheson, Glenn McCoy, Andrew McCulloch, Peter uh, McTie, uh, Nina Matevier... Uh, Paula Moore, who was a, uh, a pseudonym for Paula Woolsey, and uh, I'm just reading because I hadn't. I, this is a new fact on me that I'm just getting to now on Wikipedia. Um, the ex girlfriend of Eric Sayward, who was a uh, script editor for during the JNT years, uh, it's unclear to what extent she actually participated in the writing, which seems to have done principally by Sayward, Ian Levine. Uh, may have been involved as well. Wow, that's a weird one, isn't it? There's a story there to be unravelled for sure. Anyway, James Moran, Rona Monroe, and uh, one other writer that probably deserves a mention by the name of Stephen Moffat. Do you know what? How have we talked about the movie and not put Paul McGann as well? 
Yeah, that's very true. McGann. Yeah, I'm going to put him down as oh. your pick for this week. You know what? I thought I had my pick locked in, but I hadn't thought about McGann. Were you going McCoy? I wasn't. I was actually going to go with Moffat. Oh, really? Because, yeah, Moffat's my favourite showrunner. Yeah, it's you a know, good, strong era, that, wasn't it? It is. It's like, it doesn't... There's no perfect era of Doctor Who, but there are so many episodes that I love. He cast two of my favourite Doctors of all time in Smith and Capaldi. I love them both almost equally. Very hard for me to choose between the two. Um, he created some of my favourite companions in the form of uh, Amy and Rory and Bill and... Uh, Clara's a complicated one, but I appreciate that she's complicated. That makes her interesting. Um, Bill Potts was so good, wasn't she? Why'd she we, only we get one series? More. It's not fair, is it? No, like... There's no justice in the world. We really needed one more series of Capaldi and Bill knocking about. Yeah. I'm just... I'm keeping everything crossed for Big Finish to uh, fill that void one day. I would... I would pick up a set of Capaldi, um, Pearl Mackey and Matt Lucas back in those roles in a heartbeat. Can you imagine? Yeah, and I think they'd be keen. They all seem to have, like, a good time together. Mm-hmm. I think when the time's right, they will. I it, it will really just depend on Capaldi. I, I think he's quite happy working at the pace he's working at, and um, I think he's probably quite enjoying having a bit of a breather. Yeah. From doing Doctor Who. Well, that's it. He's been doing, you know. like, his music projects and stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, I think... But I think we'll get there one day with him. Mm. I hope so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... But then, on the subject of Big Finish, I love McGann's Doctor so much. It is entirely down to Big Finish and, and the work they've done, but... There is just... Uh, there is something about his his doctor. I think I've said before, in some ways he almost feels like the connoisseur's doctor. Mm. You know, not 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 one to, to, to start with uh, for beginners, but if you're serious about your Doctor Who, you owe it to yourself to investigate um, McGann's audio work because there's so much good in there and his performance is so effortlessly um, layered. Um, it's a solid McGann. McGann's my it's answer. It's gone McGann. Yeah. Wasn't even mentioned earlier on. That is a turn up yeah. for the books. There we go. Wow. I talked myself round. So we're halfway through the A to Z, David. That's, it's gone quick, hasn't it, Matt? It feels it, yeah. I thought this project would run and run, but like, I'm glad we're doing it. I am enjoying it. it... Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, it, it is nice to, to have an opportunity to think about just the scope of this show. Mm. It's one of the things that I've said, yeah, you know, I said before. I I love about the show is the history, the depth of it. You know, it is. It's the gift that keeps on giving for me because I will never know all of it. There will always be more stories for me to dig out, you know. And Even like, if in some crazy 
world I will somehow catch up with Big Finish one day. There's still, you know, various comic runs going on for years. There's novels. There's just... It's endless. Yeah. You know. Well, well we, we've mentioned Big Finish a couple of times. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm going to shout out... I was talking to some people on Twitter today. There's a new project yeah. coming on YouTube called Finish mm-hmm. Big, which is two guys who are going to listen to every Big Finish audio drama. Crikey. From Good start to that, finish. Uh, let me just pull my Twitter up and we'll say a proper hello for them. Because people used to shout us out, so it's nice to help people, isn't it, when they're starting? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that I'm... is Mark and Joe. On Twitter they are at Finish Big Tube, And their first two episodes are coming out on the 24th of the month. Oh, fantastic. I would actually keep an eye out for that. I'm mm. very curious. Whilst whilst we're talking about dates, I said the 24th yeah. there, uh, are you aware of today's date, David? It's very special. What, the 11th? It's the 11th of April. Yeah. Do you know what happens I... on the 11th of April? No, that should, probably should have significance for me. Specifically 13 years ago on the 11th of April? It's oh, the anniversary that... yeah. of Planet of the Dead. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Lady Christina de Souza. I hated your audio dramas. <laughs> oh dear. All right. That's not what I thought you were alluding to there, but that's fine. Yeah, it's my dad's birthday tomorrow. I'm sure that's what you were thinking of. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Matt, I've, I've uh, gone ahead and fired up searchwise.net whilst you were doing that. Yeah. And I was wondering um, if you would like me to furnish you with a little bit of Doctor Who news. Well, David, 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 before we get there, yeah. right. there's only one place we can start, really, isn't there? I mean, well, I suppose you're right about that. Yeah. With the announcement of the 14th Doctor casting. Yeah. So And it came as a surprise to me this one. I didn't see it coming. I mean, it came as a surprise to me. I thought I thought we were really locked in uh with uh uh the casting we were discussing last week, but you know, there are just there are so many rumors flying about is out there. It's it's hard to see the wood for the trees, but you've got the the, the definitive uh Yeah. Yeah. News here. Okay. uh, Lay it on me. It's Keith, the man who, like, is in charge of the trolleys at our local Tesco. You know, he goes around the car park, like, rounding up all the trolleys. Oh, right. Yeah, he's actually been cast as the uh, 14th Doctor. Wow. He's mad as a box of frogs, but he's got a heart of gold. Mm -hmm. He seems a good guy. Um, And I tell you what, you, you never see trolleys out of the bays. He's really good at it. Yeah, I mean, doctors have had previous, uh, you know, fairly humble beginnings before. Tom Baker famously was working on a building site mm. when he got the news that he'd been cast as the uh, fourth doctor. So, you know, it's it it it, it certainly doesn't seem unfeasible to me. Um, and and you know what, I like it when they cast um, 
unknown. When they cast a bit, a bit of an unknown. Yeah, I mean, look, mm. worked wonders with Matt Smith, didn't it? So, yeah, uh, yeah. maybe we've got another Keith. Did you say? Yeah, it's almost as if I Keith, didn't have yeah. something planned, and all I could think of today is that I went to our local Tesco's and saw Keith. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not getting that impression at all. I think that's rock-solid information, and I really appreciate yeah. you sharing it with us, Matt. Yeah, um, I, I really struggled this week, David, I, I'll, I'll be honest. After <laughs> after I suggested a handful of coleslaw, um, <laughs> the only way it's down from there, isn't it, really? <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. Um, right. Come on, so, let's um, do the news. All right, Den of Geek, uh, Sea Devils, Silurians, Madame Vastra explained. I don't think they really need explaining, to be honest. Uh, but I appreciate that you need to get some clicks in, Den of Geek. Um, Radio Times, um, something is coming for Jodie Whittaker as Doctor Who approaches regeneration. I mean, yeah, yeah. no shit. Yeah. Um, I, I hope Radar. it's not the Sea Devils. I hope they don't come back in a big way. <laughs> They look absolutely appalling. They look like yes. the bad guys out of that K9 Australian program we watched. <laughs> I'm not going to raise that. They look um, like the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films. Games Radar have got uh, next Doctor Who, 10 actors who could step into the TARDIS. So, you know, we can always do one of those if you fancy it. Yeah, we're starting to do that every week. <laughs> like, the, yeah. the news has really. Not been news for the past couple of weeks, has it? Come on, let's yeah. keep going. Uh, digital spy. Oh, we. Do you want to do that, or do you want? We can. We've got uh, digital spy. Former Doctor Who boss Stephen Moffat teases reunions with David Tennant and Peter Capaldi. Uh, well, everything's in the headline there, isn't it? Let, right. Let's go through the ten fantasy castings. Let's. Do All that. right. Let's I just. Do, let's just. I do just quite enjoy bash fantasy casting. Them. Let's bash through them. Let's see what we've got. But if Hugh Grant's on this list, we have to immediately stop, even if he's number 10. <laughs> okay. So, yada, yada, yada. Number one, they've gone with Joe Martin. Yeah. Um, yes, we've, please. We've discussed... Yes, but we've also discussed why this would be frustrating from a canonical perspective. Who cares? Um, Who cares? Uh, I, I do. I care about such things. Number two, Ollie Bloody Alexander. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, fine. Uh, number three, Michaela Cole. She gets thrown about a lot, but... Do I know that one? Know, Have we talked about her before? Uh, her, um, she's best known for doing uh, a series called I May Destroy You. Um, she's uh, she's one of those people who's both a writer and an actor. I do I um, do kind of recognise her, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she, you know, unlike people who, who have already been showrunners of their own projects, the idea of them sort of just being like, oh, yeah, no worries, I'll just do as I'm told for, for several years, I think it's a bit of a stretch. Um, Michael Bloody Sheen again, of course. Uh, Lydia West, who I think is one of the more credible rumours we've heard. Um, she starred in It's a Sin, so she's mm-hmm. been linked to, to RTD projects before. She was also in Years and Years, I believe. Um, I could see it. Uh, Tania Miller, who, um, again, was in Years and Years. And also, did I... Do you remember the episode 
it, you know in Hellbent where the Doctor shoots the Gallifreyan general? Yeah. And, and he regenerates right. into a, a, a black woman. That is Tania Miller. Right, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, Matt Berry, I mean, there was... That was literally an April Fool somebody did yeah. the other day. Yeah, and it was brilliant. <laughs> it was really well done. If you've not yeah. seen it, do look up uh, Stephen Toast as, as the yeah. new Doctor. And Ray was... Purchase as the Master as well. Like... <laughs> yeah, that was that was <laughs> Chef's Kiss right there. Yeah. That, that was... He is... He is a real curveball. So far, these have all been... Qu- it's been a fairly plausible list, right, Matt, yeah. I will say. But every list we've Number done eight. usually has one out-there suggestion. You... Honestly, that doesn't even begin to cover it. Number eight, Millie Bobby Brown. No. From Stranger Things. No. Isn't she, like, notoriously, like, a bit of a brat as well? Uh, I mean, could be. That's uh, that's neither here nor there as far as I'm concerned. The, the, my main thing is that she's, you know, basically still a child and also she's American. Like, in yeah. what universe is that a good casting for Doctor Who? <sighs> yeah, not having that. Um, number nine, we've got Rahul Kohli. Not a name I'm familiar he, with. Isn't it? Yeah, we've seen... What did we see him in? That is well, the name he, I know. Apparently he played Dr. Ravi Chakrabarti in iZombie, which is not a thing I've seen. I'm aware of it, but I haven't seen it. It says here, Cody has shown an ability to be charming and warm while also shattering hearts in his work with Mike Flanagan in both The Haunting of Bly Manor and Midnight Mass, which I know are very popular... Netflix series that I've also not watched yet, but I'm mm-hmm. sort of aware of. Um, so, yeah. Fine. And number 10, we've got Omari Douglas, uh, who again was in It's a Sin. So that's three different cast members of It's a Sin there. Um, so, yeah, mostly pretty plausible ones. But what the hell is Millie Bobby Brown doing on that list? No, I'd, I'd be very... For someone who doesn't care about Doctor Who, I'd be pretty annoyed if that was the case. Yeah, it just immediately feels completely wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I I know... Whenever we get a showrunner, the change, the show itself changes. Yeah. But not like that, thank you. No. No, no. And I I don't think for even a second that, that RTD would go down a road like that. Um, I mean, what has to say? It's moot at this point because we we know it's Keith. So. Yeah, yeah. He he's a Glad local celebrity put around that where bed. I live. Everyone knows yeah. him. Everyone likes him. Yeah. Sounds like a solid bloke. Yeah. Um, all right then, Matt. I don't think I mentioned it up top. We're going to be talking about War of Santa, uh, War of the Sontarans this week. We are. We are. Probably Flux should have mentioned two. that. 35 minutes ago but yeah. <laughs> here we are yeah yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to get your thoughts on that but I suppose we should hear from our listeners a little bit first yeah yeah. let me just find this and then we'll go through it right shall we start with James son of Nicholas Courtney why not who says this is a great fun episode and it's nice to have Dan Starkey back 
Love the Sontaran on a horse. I still find it funny that a bunch of fans were wanting and expecting the Sontarans to be taken deadly seriously. And then for M, oh, it's all here. It, it's a big one. He says, mm-hmm. Mars? M- yep. Menoptera? Ah, uh, Menoptera, yes, from the Web Planet, yeah. Mondas? Yeah. Then he's put Moss Eisley in there, and I think he's doing a little riff last week when I said Klingons, all right? I'll do the jokes, thanks, uh, James, okay. What a what a wag he is. Yeah. Uh, then he said Monoid. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mention the Monoids, yeah. Then he's put Ice Warrior. That doesn't even start with M. I think he means Martians, because they're, you know. Yeah. Uh, Minotaur. Yeah. The Time Monster Minotaur. Then he says Minotaur the Nimons. Then Minotaur the God Complex. <laughs> yes. Uh, Doctor Who's had its fair share of Minotaurs over the years. Uh, and then he says Mission to the Unknown, Mission to Magnus, Magnus Greel, uh, the Master from the Mind Robber, the Master, the Time Lord, Mechanoid, and Moffat. But he also says for M, it should be Married to Who. Hard to argue with that one. Yeah, we wouldn't be where we are today, David, running a tin pot Doctor Who podcast against our own will if it wasn't for the support of the Married to Who <laughs> podcast. So, big shout out and much love to them. And then he yes, also indeed. says that M stands for the Martin McLean Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. It's a good place to be. Indeed, indeed. Right. Do you want to say hello to Rob from the Cloister Bell podcast? Hello, Rob from the Cloister Bell Podcast. Uh, Rob says, Flux is just a big blur to me. You were there when I discussed it. Did I like it? I can't remember. (laughs) And on that note, I think this episode will come out on the Saturday. Easter Monday, we're doing a live show, David. Yes, with another episode you won't have seen at the time. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if, if someone texts me and says this has no bearing on the overall plot, I might watch it. If it's fairly standalone, I might watch it. Oh, please don't. Please, please right. hold oh, Okay, just for you, I won't. Yeah, I know we're close. I know yeah. we're, if we hadn't been faffing around with, with uh, bonus episodes and uh, classic Who and stuff, we would have been caught up months ago. Yeah, but, but they're the only bits you really like, so we have to do that. Uh, they are my special treat. And then, and then the Cloister Bell podcast says M is for Miller, Lucy Bleeding Miller. Ah, yes. Uh, great big finish uh, companion. I've only heard a couple of her stories. Um, but, uh, yeah, played by uh, Sheridan Smith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, David. How's your head yes. this week? Is it warm? Um, yeah, yeah, it's been kept... Okay, yeah. You're asking me if I'm wearing a hat. I am. I'm going about the houses. Do you have a hat? Okay. Well, so there's a little bit to unpack here, Matt. Um, The deer stalker is still somewhere in transit. I don't, you know, I don't know what the holdup is, but it's not here yet. Um, So I thought, because I knew you'd you'd moan if I said, you know, oh, I'm wearing a top hat or I'm wearing a Homburg or whatever, you'd have... You'd, you, would, you would have been disappointed in me. So I thought, I'll take it upon myself and try and uh, fashion a deer stalker with the tools I have at my disposal, uh, which unfortunately was mostly leaves and twigs. Right. So it's not... It, 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 it's barely holding together. 
it's not very comfortable. Um, you know, it, it feels like I'm wearing a bird's nest on my the, head. And the, it, the picture you sent does... me, David, it, it, yeah. quite symbolic. It looks like you're wearing a crown of thorns. That's very <laughs> inappropriate for you to do so. This close <laughs> that, to that Easter, was... David, come on. That was very much not the intention. It was meant to be a deerstalker. I appreciate that it doesn't look a lot like a deerstalker. But anyway, uh, if you don't mind, I'll take it off now. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Because we're in the presence of royalty, so you need to doff your cap anyway. Indeed, uh, indeed. I mean, I, I, if I if I try and just doff it, it will it will fall apart. So I, I shall have to sort of just nimbly remove it. Right. Once you have, David, can you say hello yeah. to Marie Boudreau? Hello, Marie. Uh, Marie says, I will keep it to my letter contribution this week as I haven't found a reliable place to watch the new Flux episodes. That That's a good way of wording it instead of, you can't get Doctor Who where I live, like that insane person <laughs> messaged us a few weeks ago. Don't listen to your podcast, I don't watch what Doctor Who, what's happening to me, reality is a lie. Um, maybe, maybe that person genuinely thought they had to reply to every tweet. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough job. Yeah, they could be trapped in some sort of yourself. purgatory where, like, Twitter just streams into them. Yeah. That poor soul. Yeah, it doesn't bear thinking about. Mm. Anyway, yes. Well, um, David, I'll be honest. I, I, I stopped the rest of their profile. They're quite clearly on drugs. Let's move on. <laughs> so for M, I'll have to go with a delightfully deranged Missy. Many masters have been easy on the eyes or ears, but Missy is a joy that excites the entire being. Then, Matt, we did, we didn't mention Missy. Well, I said the master, and she kind kind of. Oh uh, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. But Anthony Ainley, and then yeah. in response to that tweet, another Martin McLean Hall of Famer, Sonia, just yeah. just said to Marie, "Just DM me. I'll send you my logins to the BBC app. We'll work it out. You can watch it. Like spreading the love through the Martin McLean Hall of Fame." There's some good eggs out there, isn't there, David? Yeah, there are. Yeah. There are. Yeah, they're not getting my login there. <laughs> could, could have sent it myself. Right. Next up, David. They're back. It's those. It's them damn dirty boys from the Who Can Convince You podcast who says mm-hmm. M is for macro. Yeah, and good then, one. Then they just sent me a gif of Taylor Swift because. You know, for all we for all we rib each other, where me and Harry really bond is our love of Taylor Swift. Fair enough. In particular, that that conversation came about because they listened to the episode where you listened to Taylor Swift and said you didn't like it. So yeah. You know, when the Great War comes and the Doctor Who fandom fights the Taylor Swift fandom, you know, <laughs> brother versus brother, there, David. Right. Yes, indeed. Uh, the next message comes from Ariel, who today I found out I've been pronouncing her name wrong for about four years. It's actually Ariel. Uh, Ariel, ah. Yeah, like the letters, like Rel, it spells. Ah. Okay. Who says, I like this one, learned an interesting bit of history, and got to learn more about Dan. His parents were great. I just wish the Yaz subplot hadn't been so boring. For M, Martha Jones, another one we've overlooked. Mm, yeah, we did. We didn't mention Martha. There were too many M's. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, right. And then Sonia, we've already mentioned, puts forward her letter M submission. David, just mm-hmm. the moon as an egg. <laughs> like the thing is, Doctor Who is so mad 
that that plot point consumed me for about a month, and now, like, just so much more mad stuff's happened that I don't even think about it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Would you like to hear James Swifty Swift's three thoughts on this episode? Of course I would. Number one, it's a fun romp and all the Sontoran bits are fantastic and I really like this episode. Number two, mate, it's just a bit too scouse in it, lad, and the Earth-based stuff drags the story to a halt. Number three, I think Yaz is in it, I'm pretty sure I saw her. <laughs> yeah, it's not a strong one for Yaz this week, is it? Now, we've got a third tweet from Sonia here, David. Is she breaking the uh, one-tweet rule? Because it's not a chain she... of tweets. It's three separate tweets that are all one tweet long. She's pushing her luck, yeah. is what I'll say. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is a warning. Next time it will be a written warning. Okay. Yeah. So, Sonia has now actually watched it. She's been watching along with us now, David. She's caught up. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. She's, she must have really been going at it Yeah, these last she, few she weeks. She'll be sat at home all week going, oh, I wonder what the boys are going to talk about. And it's just me saying, oh, my coffee's really strong. <laughs> you know, waiting with bated breath, edge of a seat. <laughs> right, Sonny says, I've actually watched it now. I really enjoyed the upgraded look of the Sontarans, and I find myself instantly liking Dan so far. I feel we get to know his character and who he is quite quickly. Passenger guy looks like a Mortal Kombat guy, and overall I liked this. Mm -hmm. Right, now David, I'm going to warn you here. Yes. We're at my favourite part of the episode, where we say hello to BT Flibbity Giggard. But last yeah. week, you, you did like an anagram of their name. Yes. And I noticed when I was editing, I took that little soundbite of you saying, I don't know, whatever it was, it was like copper-topped chimneys or something stupid... And when yes. you play that sound backwards, it said Hail Satan. So, what, yeah. what was that all about? Um, I couldn't tell you, Matt. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. Right. I, you know, this is news to me. Well, what you could do is say hello to BT Flippity Giggard. Right, well, I've, I've, um, I've got a little, little device to aid me with that this week. Uh, if you, if you, you'll bear with me one moment, Matt. Greetings, curator. Nice, nice. Would you like that again, just in case? Yeah. Greetings, curator. Awesome. I like well, there that. we go. I like that. Yeah. That's that's like the one time we've done it properly, and it wasn't even you doing it. Yeah, it, it was. It, it definitely was proper. I definitely didn't uh, type it, so it says greetings, curator, with a P <laughs> instead of a T. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if, if you're listening to this pod, yeah. right, because I don't want to speak for David, but he has mentioned he's running out of ideas a couple of times. If, <laughs> if you're listening, right, our email is timenorspacepod at gmail.com. Just send us a three-second soundbite of you just saying, greetings, curator. You can even introduce yourself. You can say, hello, this is John Smith, greetings, curator, and we'll edit it in. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You're you're doing the editing again, so um fine. If you want to make more work for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just send yeah, just send them cool. in. You can introduce yourself. You know, say hello. This is John Smith mm -hmm. from Manchester. Big shout out to my wife Julia. Uh just wanted to say greetings curator. Just let's start doing that. That'd be nice. Yes. 
In fact, specifically, I want BT Flippity Gigger to do it. <laughs> yes, I want that too. Yeah, return the favour. Say greetings, David. <laughs> um, all right then. What does what does BT have to say this week? Uh, this episode is perfectly serviceable, and it's great to see Dan Starkey get to play a more serious Sontaran. That being said, I do feel like the overall Flux story getting sidelined so early is a strange choice and one that I wouldn't have done if I had been in charge of Doctor Who. Ah, campaigning for a new showrunner. Mm, Sorry, BT. It's RTD. Okay? And M is for Maureen O'Brien, a.k.a. Vicky, one of my personal fave 60s companions. Oh, yeah. Vicky's great. Yeah. He's great. And to be honest, for the Chibnall era, that's high praise from BT. Yeah. <laughs> Perfectly serviceable. I don't think a Chibnall episode's going to get much more than that from them. Right, now we've we've got more tweets, David, because I did put a second tweet yeah. out today going, oh, we're recording tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. So, would you like to say hello to Amy? Hello, Amy. Who says, I like this one. Dan with his walk taking down some tyrants. His parents were funny, even though they didn't look much older. I liked Mary Seacole. And I didn't much like Yaz writing WWTDD. What? I got my letters mixed up there. On her hand, because I think by this time she wouldn't need to write it. It would be instinct. Yeah. Okay. That's. Uh, should I tell you my, my personal beef with that? Why she write it on the palm of her hand? Yeah, the sweatiest part of her hand. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to rub off on stuff. She's going to be gripping ladders and all sorts. Yeah. Just... Right, two more to go, David. Yes. A lot of tweets this week. A lot of tweets. Yeah. Right, we then have a message from Mark, Mark Cochran, the aforementioned Mark Cochran of the All of Time and Space podcast. Say hello, David. Hello, Mark. Mark says, I enjoyed this one. You've got to love a Sontaran on horseback. It prompted me to find out more about Mary Seacole. Yes, I still haven't done the necessary digging on that I really, I, I remember off the back of the episode thinking like yeah that's a wiki page that I need to read at some point still haven't read it but uh, that's on the to do list Right, and the last tweet this week David it's another Hall yep. of Famer it's another from the A to Z of Doctor Who it is the Married yep. to Who podcast say hello David Hello Married to Who podcast and the Married to Who podcast say it's pretty good. Proof that the Sontarans can still be funny and scary in the same story. Another example of Chibnall introducing important woman of history and doing nothing with them. And M is for the master, but the one from the mind robber. <laughs> it's important to say as well, when we're talking about the Married to Who podcast, we still have our secret WhatsApp group, don't we, David, for Wordle? We do. We do. Yeah. Uh, I think you beat me today. Did you get it in four and I got it in five? I think I did get it in four, yeah. 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 So, if you are playing Wordle today, the word was squad, if you're listening live. There you go. Have have that one on me. You can have it in one. Another massive spoiler there for all our live listeners. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because after I joked a couple of weeks ago that our listeners would hate us talking about Wordle and switch over and listen to the Cloisterbell podcast, 
they started doing yeah. a massive Wordle segment where they play Wordle <laughs> as part of the pod, but it's a Doctor Who word. <laughs> so I think they call it Hoodle. Oh, well. Hoodle. Mm. Nice one. Right. Is it time, David? I think it probably is. Yeah. Let us discuss uh, War of the Sontarans. What did you think of it this week, Matt? Um... I, I I enjoyed it, but yeah. somewhat disappointed after last week. I think right, last okay. week set up so much, and yeah. then this, like, if you took out the little bits in that temple, this could have just been a forty-five minute episode with those bits tagged on the end. If that makes sense. Sure, definitely. Yeah. It it just felt for something that's meant to be part of a bigger, more continual story. It just felt like a yeah. real left turn. Like, last week, episode, the episode ended with us going, oh, the death of the universe, oh no. And it's not. Everyone just wakes up in a field. <laughs> but that's because they're back in time and also they're on a, um, a planet that was protected from the Flux. Yeah, but is the Flux really that deadly if you can protect yourself from it? Well, if you've got a fleet of Lupari ships forming a shield around but, your planet, sure. Yeah, but we've seen it, like, smash through galaxies. And now they're just saying, oh, well, if if you prepare appropriately, then, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, is that yes, just well, like a, li- a life lesson? Like, all problems can be overcome <laughs> if you just prepare. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Maybe that's what Chibnall was driving at with this. Um yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from, though. Because, you know, last week's it's like you've got seeds being planted for so many different things, and then this is just like, hey, right, settle in. We're doing the Sontarans this week. Um, what I will say is... Um, th- not every episode of Flux is going to be that this standalone. Okay. It don't don't get lulled into the impression that this is what it's going to be like for the next few weeks, and it's just like, oh, we're doing the Sontarans this week, and then we'll do, you know, um, something else another week, and it, it is more of a blend than that. But it, we have kind of gone from one extreme to the other in terms of ends of that spectrum. Um, but yeah, that that all being said, I really love this episode. It's I think it's a really really solid one. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I think you could have put this as episode one, and this could have happened before all that flux garbage, and I'd have probably liked it. If this was like possibly a, a, a Christmas special, and it was just one episode yeah. on the Sontarans, I think I'd have liked it more. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'd like. I had misplaced expectations what we were going to get. Possibly. I mean, what I do think there is a strong argument to be made that this is the best Sontaran story for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in terms of televised st- stories, it's it, it's certainly stronger, I think, than the, the Series 4 two-parter. Yeah, like... Which introduces uh, them for New Who. Like, I, I, I thought about that episode quite a lot watching this, because it was the only other Sontaran story I could really remember. 
And I was yeah. just like, that, other than the Suntarans are invading, didn't really have much of a story, did it? Whereas at least this had something else going on. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a, there's a fair amount to get your teeth stuck into with it. And I do, I, I will echo what some of the tweeters were saying. Like, I, I really appreciate that they managed to strike a very nice balance between the inherent ridiculousness of the Sontarans whilst also making them a credible threat. You know, um, as much as I love Strax as a character, the fact that the Moffat series failed to do anything else with any other Sontarans did almost reduce the Sontarans to a kind of a, a joke species. Yeah, like, for all I really liked Strax, he was, like, comic relief, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, that was his deal. Um, and that's fine, you can do that with Sontarans. Um, but... Still, get a group of group of them together, and yes, they are ridiculous, and and, and they always have been as well. It's important to uh, point that out. Like the very first Sontaran story is a very intentional kind of satirical piece, um, but they, you know, they still do have big fancy lasers guns and will quite merrily murder a whole bunch of people. So you kind of need to take that aspect seriously sometimes as well. Uh-huh. It's it's all about finding the balance, and I think I think this episode does it extremely well. So, uh, that all being said, shall we get stuck into it, Matt? Right, so, this is The War of the Sontarans. Mm. It is episode two of season 13, Flux. Yes. Uh, from the 7th of November, 2021. It is written by Chris Chibnall and it is directed by Jamie Magnus Stone. Yes, indeed. Right, so we open with the cloister bell sounding. Mm. And the Doctor is in a creepy black and white woods. There's a big weird floating house. It's all very surreal. Yes. But it kind of had to be because this was all done in green screen because of the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Then she's on a battlefield. She wakes up properly and Yaz and Dan are there too. Uh, They scan a soldier and it turns out the Lupari, sorry, the Lupari ship, shield, uh, worked. But the TARDIS took a bit of a hit. It's on Earth, but in the wrong time. Yeah. So a lady approaches and thinks they're robbing the dead. Uh, We're in Sebastopol in 1855. We get a little mention of Florence Nightingale. That's where I thought we were going in terms of history. But this lady is Mary Seacole. Yeah. Okay. And just just throw this into the conversation before the credits roll. Just as Sontarans have replaced Russia. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Given the state of the world as it is now, like, I was a bit like, oh. but I suppose yeah. we didn't know what we know now back then. We didn't. We didn't. Um, and again, one of the, one of the things that I, that I particularly do enjoy about this series is Chibnall's willingness to just do big mad ideas. Yeah. And 
that's what we're doing is just like, hey, what if we did the Crimean War, but instead of the Russians, it's the Sontara, and it's off we go. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, <laughs> sure, Chris, let's do that for a week. Yeah. Uh, I, I love it. I love it, genuinely. It, it, it reminds me of, is it... Is it on South Park where they go to the writer's room for Family Guy and it's just manatees yes. pushing balls together with random yeah, I words? I haven't seen, haven't seen a lot of South Park, but I have seen that one. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, there is almost an element of that. But I, but like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Like unironically, unapologetically, I, 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 I this is my favourite version of Chris Chibnall. <laughs> just the mad version. Yeah, just completely unhinged, no fucks given, Chris Chibnall. Wow. It, it's, it's, it's great. We, we've been a bit sweary this week, David. Do we need to worry about that? Nah. Does that kid like... still listen? They haven't tweeted us in a while. <laughs> I mean, if they, if they are still listening, they've grown up. So. Yeah, so maybe swearing's okay. Yeah. Maybe they've crossed that I threshold think... to, like, 12A. When they go to the cinema and they can have a couple of swears. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what happens next, Matt? Right, Vinda wakes up. Yeah. And there's a weird little triangle that keeps asking, can you repair? Uh, Vinda's in a temple where loads of tattooed people arrive. Yeah. And like as as we go through that little story in the temple, it doesn't make any sense till the very end. So I'm a, I'll apologise in advance that there's just going to be little bits where it's like, yeah, Yaz is in a temple. Moving on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it, it, you only you, it, it's parcelled out very sparingly in this episode. Yeah. So Doctor Yaz and Dan go to Mary Seacole's uh, hospital slash hotel. And Dan begins to back to the future. He starts disappearing. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's only just got on on board the TARDIS. Yeah, but he's well up for an adventure, <laughs> isn't he? Seems that way. Yeah. Uh, then Yaz does the same because they're falling mm-hmm. through space and time. Yeah. Not uh, ideal. The Doctor says, "Don't worry, I'll go rescue you." Goes to the TARDIS, but it's got no door. Again, not ideal. Yeah. Uh, Dan goes back home, except his house isn't there anymore because it got shrunk last episode. Mm -hmm. And he tries to call for the doctor. um, But people, you know, are shunning him because there's now a Sontaran curfew. So Mm -hmm. across Liverpool, all of Liverpool's overrun by Sontarans. Yeah. Um, If you didn't know, David, Dan is from Liverpool. They don't really mention Uh, it a lot. I had noticed, yeah. Uh, something about maybe something about his, I don't know, his, his accent. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just there's just a little hint, isn't there? Yeah, little hint of Scouse in there. Can Can you do a Scouse accent, David? Oh, not not remotely. No, me neither. No, n- not n- not in my uh, toolkit. Yeah. Uh, we might get onto that later when we get to Dan's mum. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, all the Sontarans chase Dan where we meet his parents and this is where I will attempt an Scouse accent because his mum like goes where the hell have you been? <laughs> uh, I rewound that thankfully yeah. I kept pressing the back 10 seconds button and just watched that over <laughs> and over 
It's really <laughs> soothing that accent on the ears, isn't it? <laughs> it I, is. I it's a beautiful accent. Beautiful accent. Really, you know, just lilting. Where the hell have you been? <laughs> yeah, um, others, others have pointed out it is a bit weird that Dan ap- appears to be practically the same age as his parents. Yes, true, true. It's <laughs> like three years between them. Yeah, it's just wibbly-wobbly, but... timey-wimey. Yeah, I guess so, I guess. So Yaz, however, is teleported to that temple where Vinda was. And Joseph Williamson's there too. Yeah. Uh, the triangle asks if she can repair, and she has what would the doctor do written on her hand, as we've already discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the doctor. Go- I do. Can, can we just pause on Joseph Williamson for a second? Because I do love that was, like, because that 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 again, like, it goes nowhere in this episode. You know, we got just that little fraction of him last episode, and then he's just randomly walking around in some weird alien temple. And he seems disgruntled by it, but not overly surprised. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I really like that little exchange of dialogue he has with Yaz. Yeah, like, what what's he yeah. all about? When When's he going to play his role? Well, I can't tell you that, but but I will say like what the first time watching it, his storyline was the th- one of the things that I was most intrigued by as a result of of that scene. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "What are we doing here? <laughs> what is this?" <laughs> yeah, right. The doctor goes to Mary Seacole's hotel again, and nobody has ever heard the word Russia except they all have. It's like a dream. And the Sontarans have always been here since the dawn of time. And there's yeah. a British general who won't listen to the doctor's logic. So she says, you know, come on, we can parlay with them, whatever. And he's like, no, kill them all. Yeah. Now, you could definitely make the argument that that officer character is a bit of a one-note thing, you know. Yeah. But I don't, I, I think he, he serves the purposes of the story perfectly well. And also, let us not pretend that there, that there weren't some extremely arrogant officers of exactly that kind of ilk yeah. uh, in the British Army and, you know, probably are to this day. Um, yeah, I... I it, it's not subtle, but I don't mind it. So, Mary Seacole is also healing a Sontaran. She says all life is sacred. It doesn't matter what side of the war. Uh, yeah. And one is captured after taking a cannonball to the back. Yeah. Uh, so, the doctor says, well, I'll offer you information to this Sontaran about the whereabouts of the doctor in exchange for information. So yeah. she sets the Sontaran free and follows him to the Sontaran stronghold, which is hidden behind yeah. a camouflage shield. Uh, so it looks like a hill or a mountain, but when you walk through it, there's like a big industrial hive of Sontarans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the Doctor leaves Mary Seacole behind to spy and see what she can determine about 
the Song Tyrants. And when the Song Tyrant returns to his general, he's executed because capture is the greatest shame a Song Tyrant can, you know, experience. Yeah, when we get a Sontar Ho mm. for the first time. <laughs> Which, I I don't know, do I like that moment? I think I do. We haven't talked yet, as well, about Jonathan Watson, who's the other Sontaran performer. It's not all Dan Starkey. Yeah. Like, we get a fair bit of Dan Starkey, but, but like, because he was introduced last episode as well. What do you make of Jonathan Watson's Sontarans? Is he the weirdly Scottish Sontaran? Yes, yeah, 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 he's a Scottish actor. But again, I, I, I don't know, it fits. I think he he brings a bit more gravitas to his... But I, I also think the redesign, you know, it's only a couple of minor things, but it makes them more menacing. You know, yeah, they, don't, they don't look comical. I mean, they still are potato heads. Yeah. But they don't look silly. Whereas with Strax, the whole point was they made his head absolutely massive so he looked as silly yeah. as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so. And it's and it, it, whilst I would say Dan Starkey, his Santarans still do have that slightly more comedic edge to them. Mm-hmm. He is toning it down a bit. It doesn't just feel like he's just playing Strax again, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like... Strax is almost like a caricature of the Song Tyrants, isn't he? Like to the yeah, nth yeah. degree. Well, he's been he's essentially he's been domesticated. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I I, I I enjoy it. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Dan and his family are hiding from the Song Tyrants and discuss yeah. their arrival into Liverpool, which is now a Sontaran stronghold as well. Uh, Dan's dad gives him a wok as a weapon. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've seen it before. It's it's always good. Yeah. Uh, And Yaz meets Vinder on the planet of time. (laughs) Yes. So the Muri, as they're called... Keep time yeah. in a controlled Ooh, yeah. situation. Time is evil. Yeah. Do you agree with that, David? Can't be allowed to oh. run rampant. Um, I mean, yes. Well, I was thinking just the other day that um, very soon I will officially be in my late thirties. Mm. Um, I looked at my receiving. I'm not hairline, relishing that prospect. <laughs> and I was like, "Time is evil." On my grey yeah. hairs. Yes, indeed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a big concept, isn't it? It's just to throw out there. Yeah. Um, so, the Sontarans execute curfew breakers in Liverpool. Mm. And then, I, I don't know if I've ever seen this before, the Doctor uses the sonic screwdriver to do a special alarm. Yes. Yeah. Just sends out a big weird noise. Mm-hmm. Just seems like we needed something. She's got a sonic screwdriver. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Got to keep things moving, haven't you? That's that's all. That's all the sonic screwdriver is. It's a it's a keep things moving device. Yeah, yeah. If in doubt, Sonic can do it. So yeah. the Doctor meets with the Sontaran General and reveals herself as being the Doctor's. Mm. Uh, it turns out that the Sontarans knew all along the flux was coming, 
and they utilized it to claim the earth. So, <sighs> sorry, David, am I boring you? <laughs> it's late, I'm tired, Matt. Okay, we, we can pick this up tomorrow if you want. <laughs> I'll be even more tired tomorrow. It's fine. Let's crack up. Right. So, a second before the flux arrived, that is where the Sontarans decided to invade Earth. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they're just all here. Uh, they specifically yeah. invaded here because he wanted to ride a horse. Uh, yeah. Love that. Love that that has all the justification. <laughs> yeah. So, and to be fair, it is a great image, isn't it? That that Sontaran on a horse. Yeah, yeah. They they almost suit yeah. it. They do. Yeah. Right. So the British general doesn't want peace with the Sontarans. The Doctor's trying to get this sort sorted and solved. Uh, so he begins war. He says the Doctor doesn't speak for Earth. So the Doctor. Be uh, is captured by the British Army as war begins. Yeah. Uh, except the Doctor knocks out her captor almost immediately. Uh, Dan, for some reason, decides he's going to climb a crane <laughs> into some Sontaran tech. Yeah. And Swarm and Azure and just a guy in a big black mask arrive at the temple. Yeah, um, I don't, it's worth mentioning... <laughs> Well, maybe not, but um, after the reveal of Passenger, who is, you know, the third person in that trio, um, people very quickly found that the mask in question is just a paintball mask that you can get off Amazon. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, I might get one. Wear it round your house. Yeah. Stand in the garden and e pretend I'm the passenger. Yeah, easy bit of cosplay, isn't it? Mm. But they're, they're so evil, David. They kill the triangle. Oh, they're bad. They're baddies. Yeah. Oh, come on, though. It must be said, they are having so much fun with their performances. Like, both Sam Spirula and uh, Richenda Sandal, they are... It's proper scenery-chewing, moustache-twirling villainy. Yeah. It, it's just the right side of pantomime villain, isn't it? It is, it is. And uh, again, I, I love that. I, I love that. I, it's, you, you wouldn't want it every week, but, you know, you need it sometimes, I think, to keep things fun. Yeah. Right. So, as we've said, they've killed the Triangle. The Doctor visits Mary Seacole to gather intel on the Sontarans. And, but the base is deserted because they're all off fighting. Yeah. And the Doctor knocks out a Sontaran with a slingshot. Now, I don't know if you remember this, David, but when you play the Sontaran level of the Doctor Who adventure games, you get a little slingshot when you play as Rory to go around killing Sontarans. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So yeah. I imagine that's what they're alluding to because that's a seminal piece of Doctor Who lore. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It definitely wasn't just a case of t two uh, two Doctor Who writers coming up with similar concepts. Uh, given that the Sontarans have one notable weak point mm. in the back of their heads. Um, anyway, so the Doctor and Dan communicate through time, 
and uh-huh. work out this is a temporal offensive. The Sontarans are attacking through time. Yes. Except a Sontaran intercepts this transmission and Dan destroys him with a frying pan. Is this mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, I'm going to walk over here and makes a couple of frying yeah. pan jokes? Yes, yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's very, very proud of himself. Uh, back in the temple, Swarm, Azua, and the passenger approach Yaz and Vinda and asks about the what would the doctor do. Vinda tries to shoot them all, uh, but Swarm's just having a right laugh, zipping all over the place. Yeah. Uh, he confronts the Muri time women and then absorbs them. He's so powerful. He is. Uh, yeah. Back on the ship, Dan is prepped for execution by the Sontarans. Until, and I'd totally forgotten about him, Carvanista turns up and saves him. Yeah. I quite enjoy the dynamic that Carvanista is indebted to saving Dan, yet really doesn't yeah. like him. I, yeah, I, I, it's I like great, that dynamic. It is. It really is fun. Mm. It really is fun. Yeah. Uh, so the Doctor briefs the British General on Sontaran biology and their inability to stay in Earth's atmosphere. They need to refuel back on their ship. So Mary Seacole had worked out, is it seven minutes every 28 hours or something that they, yeah, uh, something like they that. have to go rest uh, yeah. back on their ships and their suits get repowered with these gases that stop Earth's atmosphere being harmful. So the Doctor plans to destroy all the Sontaran supplies, that way they have to leave Earth. Uh, meanwhile, Carvinista launches the ship him and Dan were on, and they're going to ram into another ship and erase all the Sontarans, using an escape pod so they themselves aren't killed. Uh, there's a brilliant bit where Dan and Carvinista jump down a hole, and we get some excellent uh, special effects. Yes, really strong stuff. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know whether I've seen falling down a hole effects that good since um, New Earth. Yeah, I thought if, if that Catman falls down the lift shaft. If you liked Christopher Reeve's Superman, you will love this scene. Yes. Okay. So they jump down a hole, and as the Sontarans, be- astonishingly, they used a clip from that in the trailer. You know, but really, in the series trailer. Yeah. Yeah, just to... I thought it looked crap though as well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyway. <laughs> Bless them they're trying. Yeah. So the Sontarans are retreating, but that British general I didn't even write his name down, blows them all up, says that's for my men. Yeah. Uh, uh can we pause for a second? Because whilst I it's not that I don't that I don't like the doctor's plan here. but it does slightly bother me that the Sontarans have never heard of a rotor. Mm. Like, just don't all refuel at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it was, it's such an easy solve. Somewhat impractical, isn't it? Yeah. Just, just have a shift system. Yeah. But anyway, like, they don't do that. They all go back at the same time. Like, so. how, how did it happen? Because they were fighting the British Army. Then did they just down tools? 
and just turn. Yeah, they just and they just just pop back to their ship. Like Fred Flintstone, yeah. a big whistle blows and they all run the other way. <laughs> They're all off. Yeah. yeah. Right. So the Doctor gets in the TARDIS and leaves, reunites with Dam. Uh, Carvinista says, I'll stay and protect Earth. But the TARDIS is in a right mess. Uh, yeah. It goes to the Temple of Time, where everyone else is, and Azura beckons them to follow her. Uh, she approaches the Muri, and they all reappear, but it turns out, David, Yaz is now a Muri. The yeah. end. Yeah. Oh, and we get, we get a little little uh, countdown cliffhanger. Yeah. And a uh, snap of the fingers from, uh, from Swarm. Like, I, um, I'm excited for next week, because it does seem that it's going to allude back to the big flux story but then I thought that last yeah. week and look yeah. where we got I mean certainly it's 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 not like we we've just ignored everything that happened last week no 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 but you know it just wasn't as front and center as I thought it was going to be no no it's um yeah the the, the structure of this series is unique yeah, <laughs> I will say, it really is, and I think it'll be very, very interesting when we get to the end of it, and we can sort of stand back and take in the big picture a bit. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so far I'm glad you seem to be enjoying the ride. Certainly, um, I was at this point when I first watched it. Um, I, I this episode in isolation, I do. I really appreciate what it manages to do. I mean, that one moment, that one shot of the British soldiers and the the Santaran army clashing on the battlefield. Have we ever seen anything on that scale in Doctor Who before? Yes, of course it was all it was all smoke and mirrors. It was all CGI, but mm-hmm. the fact that they're doing something like that, it's just. I thought that was really, you know, something quite, quite extraordinary. And, uh, yeah, I'm rambling a bit, but I, I really like this episode. Mm. It's really solid. Um, you, you, yeah, you could probably make the argument that uh, Mary Seacole's a little bit underused in this. Certainly she's not she's not the focal point of the story in the way that we've become very used to with celebrity historicals. Um, she, it, her use is actually more akin to something like what we saw in Mark of the Rani, where George Stevenson is just like, he's there, but it's not about him. You know, the same way that this episode isn't really about Mary Seacole, but you know, yeah, She's there, and you will learn a bit about what she did um, in in the, the context of this story. Um, I'm rambling, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just yeah, I, I like I, I like what we're doing here, um, and I hope you 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 are too, and I hope you will continue to as we move on to part three of Flux, Matt. Mm, halfway point. Um, yeah, we will be discussing next week Once Upon Time. Ooh, so on planet time. 
Yeah, see what he did there. Um, so yeah, do join us for that, yeah, listeners. Don't forget uh, but, as but, well, Monday night, nine o'clock. There'll be me. Are you are you going to make an appearance, David? Very unlikely. Okay. Well, <laughs> the boys from the Cloister Bell, um, our friends from My Adventures in Space and Time, uh, Mark from the All of Time and Space podcast, and of course. Yeah. Those ratbag pair from Who Can Convince You will be discussing whatever of the Sea Devils, whatever it's called. Legend, I believe. Right, great. Yeah. Looking forward. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it, it's great. Great lineup as always, and uh, yeah, I'm sure you have a lot of fun. Um, so yes, do do keep an eye out for that, listeners. And um, until then, as always, thank you ever so much for listening. Until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to neither the time nor the space if you wish to contact us our email address is time nor space pod at gmail.com and on twitter we are at time nor space pod and thank you to alexander urban for his smashing arrangement of the doctor who theme <laughs>